Welcome to Investing, Earning, Living podcast. Your hosts, Marika and Marek, who went from nothing to multimillionaires in their early 30s, will show you how you can invest more, earn more, and live more. How you can go from zero to a multimillionaire through strategizing, diversifying, and increasing your earning potential. Invest more, earn more, live more. Vix. Hi. Welcome on Investing Earning Living podcast. Uh, great to have you as a guest. It's great to be here. And Vix, for all our listeners, is an economist, a professional in money saving uh, strategies, and you specialize in helping uh, women's entrepreneurs to become financially free and retired and wealthy. Yes. I believe you said. Um, Saving money is sexy. Yes, definitely. What's the quote you said? Um, uh, sexy fun. Yeah, I can't quite remember what I use now. Gosh, even I can't remember what it That's is. That's okay. Yeah, That's it's okay. about making money sexy and fun. Brilliant. It's about having a good time. Good. Yeah. Good. And you also have two businesses. Yes. Um, you investing in all type of strategies. But before we go th- through it, um, tell me the story of Vix. Okay, so my story starts in New Zealand. So I'm from New Zealand and I came to the UK when I was 23. And to get here, I spent seven weeks backpacking through, well, I spent two of those weeks in Australia and then five weeks backpacking through Southeast Asia. And I spent more money than I thought I would. So by the time I arrived in the UK, I only had 30 pounds. Um, at that time, uh, Zone 1 and 2 travel card cost £6, so that's the first thing I had to buy. And I was left with £24. So I came to the UK, I had studied accountancy at University in New Zealand, so I got some temporary work in the city, I was making good money, it was like, this is alive. I was travelling all the time, you know, my whole purpose was really about travel. So I spent a lot of time spending all my money travelling, And I then went back to university later and did a master's degree. And it was only after I did that master's degree that I suddenly thought, gosh, you know, I'm now in my 30s. So I was a late starter. I've got to start, you know, doing something. I've got Mm -hmm. to start investing my money. And I bought my first uh, investment property. That was really my first foray into investing, really, in 1999. I had my own property before then. I'd bought a few years earlier. And actually, I was only able to buy my investment property because in the three years that I'd had my own property, I'd built up equity. So I was able to take some equity out and use that for a deposit for my investment property because I was still paying back a student loan at the time. Mm. And then, as you know, being in the property world, it's, you know, you get the market goes up. You can take Then you've got two properties to take equity out. So I started building up a small property um, portfolio and... Also, I was working for corporate, so I decided to go off on my own and set up my own kind of B2B um, company consulting for corporate companies. And then recently, I've set up my Money Badassery, which is what you talked about, um, helping women uh, take charge of their finances, really, so that Mm. they can create and grow wealth and retire rich. Is that for all women or specific age? Well, it's for all women, although I would say my ideal client is probably a woman in her 40s who is good at making money, but not so good at keeping it and growing it. I mean... Preserving I'm, wealth. Yeah, it's about yeah creating and growing wealth. Mm-hmm. And why do you prefer this type of woman? 
Because I think, I think I've kind of come from that place myself. Mm -hmm. I, you know, was earning good money and spending it all on travel. And obviously I was in my 30s when I started investing, but I think I see a lot of women who are in their 40s, they think it's too late, yet they've still got a long time to go. I mean, my the time in which I've been creating and building wealth has really only been just over 20 years. And within that time, I've actually been able to build a lot of wealth. And I, I want to show them that it's not too late. They might be in their 40s, but they've probably still got another good 20 years. Or more. Or more, because yeah, exactly, or more, because I'm a bit like you, that um, even though I might close down some businesses and do different things, I don't see myself stopping. Mm. Because I think if you love what you do, you want to keep going. Yeah. And and I love the the whole thing about creating and building wealth. I love, you know, investing in, in it, whether it's property or projects and seeing things grow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just something I really enjoy doing. I'm a bit like you. I tried to retire last uh, last year for a month. It took me a month after a month. I said, that's it. I'm going back. I was too bored. Um, so what's your areas of expertise? Because obviously you've done so much. Um, and I know you from Clubhouse originally. Yes. We, You are my mod squad in Clubhouse. We, we're doing uh, investing in bullion and precious metal room, which I love you being there all the time. But what is the other uh, areas of expertise? Well, I say that in terms of, so my expertise is really investing. So it's about, you know, creating growing wealth and making your money work for you. And the areas of my expertise are property, and that's mainly residential property. I do have one um, service accommodation, so um, holiday accommodation, although I am, funny enough, looking at doing a bit more in terms of service accommodation. And I invest in equities, I invest in precious metals, and I invest in crypto. They're my main areas of investment. Great, great. Stock but market? I, yeah, equities, definitely stock yeah. market. And yeah. also, you know, within that, I talk a lot about, you know, these tax efficient um, wrappers, which are like ISAs, the individual savings account, and also pensions, you know, the yeah. SIPs. So Good. I do a bit of that as well. Um, so how did you start building your business, the bad us? Uh, I started a year or two ago, but it was very, very slow because I had these other businesses that took a lot of my time. But basically, you know, it, the purpose of the business is to be online. Mm -hmm. So, and part of the reason for that is so that I can live a bit more of a nomadic life. You know, I'm trying to live some of my time in New Zealand, which is my country of origin, as well as here in the UK. And my plan going forward is also to spend, you know, periods of time in different countries as well. I have a plan maybe next year, it needs to kind of be post-COVID. COVID's, COVID has caused a few problems <laughs> in for living, in, yeah, for everyone in terms of living my dream. But, you know, I have an idea of going and spending three months in Bali and things like that. So I really want my business to be online because my economics business, most of my clients are in Europe and quite often, you know, well, until a year ago, until COVID, I had to spend a lot of time going to meetings yeah. and things like that in Europe. So it would have been difficult for me to be based in New Zealand or Bali or something like that. Now, yeah. that may well change going forward. Yeah. But it's really about, you know, creating a life, um, creating a business that allows me to live the life mm -hmm. I want, which is a little bit nomadic, being able to spend time in my home country, avoiding winter. Yeah. And the online space is a perfect place for that. And also because we've had COVID, you know, that's also showed us that online businesses are where it's at. And it's yeah. actually amazing what you can do online. And I think, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. Most people have seen it. 
that we've had to do everything online over the past year and a lot can be done. True. You know, I've done online coaching, you can run courses, everything online, even if they're live. Um, obviously, you can have, you know, evergreen courses that are already recorded and set up. So, yeah, that's how I intend to okay. run my business going forward. And your other business, the economic business, um, how did you start that? I started that in 2009 because I was working in a corporate role. And then I'd see that, you know, the companies would employ people to run projects and I'd be working with them and I'd be thinking, oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a natural progression really just to set up my own business but that is really a business i'm I'm really selling my time Mm -hmm. effectively it's not scalable unless i set up a big agency which i don't want to do because then it's managing lots of stuff and i'd rather do something that was much more scalable and more online yeah why not and i think that's the way the world's going so it's like you know moving 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 forward in the way things are going and when did you start your investment strategies well or your investment journey you you mentioned your yeah my investment journey started in 1999 when i bought my first investment property and at to be fair i didn't actually have a clear strategy at the time Mm -hmm. i just thought look i can buy a property an investment property and you know i can have someone rent it and ultimately pay off the mortgage and then I'll own another property. So yeah. it was, and there weren't a lot of people doing it back in 1999. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, in terms of my social network, I was, there was a few of us that knew one another and we were all doing it, but most people weren't. Whereas nowadays, a lot of people have dipped their toes into property investing and it's much more accessible. But back then, there also weren't like the courses that there yeah, are now. No trainings. No yeah, there were none of these yeah. trainings. So... Yeah, so I kind of dipped my toes in and I thought this is great. And I think I was very focused on property for a long time because I remember when I was in my corporate job and going to see, uh, you know, the the company provided a financial advisor who would help you set up your pensions and things like that. And you had to fill in a form. And obviously I filled in, you know, at the time I probably owned, I don't know, four properties. It wasn't a lot. And I was like, oh, and I didn't want to put any extra money into my pension. I was like, you know, you had the opportunity to put in additional voluntary contributions. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to pay what I have to pay in order to get the company's money. And I'm investing in property. And the financial advisor was, oh, no, you know, you should be investing more in these pensions. And I was like, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. Property's away. So I was very, very focused on property. But I think one of the reasons why I was anti what the um, financial advisor was telling me was that he, it was a he, I don't, I mean, he didn't have any property investment, so what did he know? And his job was to talk about pensions and, well, it wasn't, I don't know if it was ISAs back then or the precursor to mm-hmm. ISA, I can't remember what they're called now. So that wasn't his role and he didn't really know about it. So I didn't really think much of his advice and I just did what I did. And then it was only over time, it was after about 10 years that I started thinking, oh, I'm, all my eggs are kind of in one basket. Sure, I have my pension and I have some money and an ISA and other kind of investments, but pretty much I was overweight in property really. And I started to think, okay, I'm gonna slow down the property investment and start diversifying. And I started to read a lot more investing books at that time as well Mm -hmm. and realized that I needed to diversify. But one of my first, um, I think it was around around 2008, so around the last um, global economic crisis, 
was when I really first started to invest in gold and I started to think, actually, this is a good time to start mm. investing in gold. And it was only a small amount. And then obviously I put a bit more into my pension, a bit more into ISAs. I've also invested in startups um, through the Enterprise Investment Scheme because mm. there's some really good tax benefits with that. So I was also kind of linking investments but to, to tax as well, you know, like taking advantage of my ISA allowance, making sure... I was putting money into my pension because there's tax advantages with that. And then I got a bit more into um, precious metals in the last few years, probably the last five years. And then crypto, I got into crypto in 2017. So I wasn't in crypto at the very beginning. Um, I thought it was a bit of a late into the game. And at the time, I thought it had gone up so much. <laughs> then I look now and think, oh, actually, I was quite early. <laughs> I look now and think I was quite early. And so... Now, I feel like I'm quite well diversified. Well, I used to be quite well diversified, but now I would say I have a large crypto portfolio because of all my assets that's gone up the most. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I put more money into crypto, but that um, because of the returns. Yeah. Well, crypto, I still think is early. Yeah. Some experts saying Bitcoin is going to be worth a million pounds. If, yeah. if it's true or not, we'll see. But We'll see. Only time will tell. Exactly. So... Any commodities? Have you invested in any commodities? Um, on, no, only metals so far, mm -hmm. um, platinum, gold, silver. But you're right, it's something I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. um, so you're into. still diversifying. So I'm still diversifying as I go along because I think I, last year I was, or the last, last year, yeah, 2020, I'm trying to think what year it is. Last year I invested in crypto because I suddenly thought actually I found, I learned a lot more about crypto started to understand the cycles and I understood that you know we were about to go into a bull run assuming that you know history repeats itself yeah. so I wanted to do some investing in crypto but your yeah, next on my list is um, other other types of commodities right good so you still believe in diversifying yeah I'm still I'm still into yeah. diversifying yeah I'm some people in crypto are all you know crypto all in, is crypto, God, yeah. all in. some people in property are all in you know property yeah. is the way I'm I try and be as diversified as I can I completely agree here I'm I have to always diversify but I think that was a natural progress for us as well we started with property and then we start diversifying as you had more wealth you thought where can I Exactly. Put it, put it instead of, you know, don't put all eggs in one basket, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true, actually. As you have more wealth, you tend to diversify, diversify more. Diversify more, yeah. And, and the importance of, and it's more important to diversify as well. Well, you then save from all sort of economical collapses. And yeah. So if you have a property bubble that collapses, then you, everyone runs to gold and silver, where you have a stock of gold and silver, you can actually make profit. So it makes sense. It makes sense. So... Going backwards where you started with your property uh, and then after you start diversifying, what would you advise to someone who wanted to invest but have no money down? Let's say you, you specialize in helping women. There's a woman that wants to invest. She doesn't have money or little money. How would you advise her to start? Well, obviously, there's, there's ways that you can invest in property without any money down now. I mean, in my day... Um, when I first got into property, you needed a deposit. There, there weren't these kind of opportunities. And it depends on the person because I try to focus my advice on the person, like their levels of risk with, and, and what their needs are, whether they wanted to do it alone. But if it was someone who didn't have any money and wanted to get into property, I would actually suggest they do one of the courses. Mm. Um, like I know one which looks at 
different types of property investment because, you know, are you going to do residential? Are you going to do service yeah. accommodation? Are you going to do HMO? And if you're new to the property space, then I think the best thing to do is actually to educate yourself about this and then make the decision. Mm. And that will in, include options like no money down. And that might be great for some people, but not for others. And I think everyone has to make that decision for themselves. So I would suggest a, a really good course to understand property and to understand what she wanted to invest in would good. be the first step. Good. So what was your biggest challenges in business? Um, sometimes I think it's overwhelm. Yeah. I think you start off and then suddenly a situation comes up that you've not dealt with before and you have to try and deal, deal with it. And it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And it's a learning process. I mean, everything's a learning process, isn't it? And mm -hmm. things like that. And sometimes, you know, your mindset, you've got to deal with your mindset as well, like particularly money. I mean, I talk a lot about money mindset in this day and age. And, you know, like a lot of people have things like their stories that I don't deserve to be wealthy or rich people are greedy and things like that. And yeah. you've just got to keep dealing with these things that come up and that, that subconscious beliefs from our childhood. Yes. But we've got to remove them. And... The thing about mindset, you can do some work on it and it feels like you've dealt with it, but then it comes back and you've got to keep chipping away at it. So I think, yeah, overwhelm and mindset are challenges and mm -hmm. mindset's an ongoing challenge. And overwhelm keeps coming up as well because you get new challenges along the way. Great. That was actually my next question. Uh, what is the best way to earn money if you're not business-minded? The best way to earn, to make money yeah. if you're not business-minded? Well, I suppose I would then say it depends... Well, you can either be an employee or you can be an entrepreneur. Yep. And there's different levels of entrepreneurs. There's according to risk. I, To be honest, I actually think you can... I mean, I was for a long time an employee and I had a little property business on the side. Yeah. And I think that's quite attainable for most people to do something like that. I think most of us started like that. Yeah, I think most of us <laughs> started like that. Working for someone and doing something on their side. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's not a bad way. You know, having a yeah. side hustle is... And if you want to start a business, there was a book many years ago, so it was called The Five to Nine. Mm -hmm. So instead of the nine to five, or you do the nine to five, then you do the five to nine, which is on your own business, and start that way. Yeah. And start with a side hustle. But the, the reality is, well, not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, and not everyone has the makeup to be an entrepreneur. So it's also to understand, part, part of it's to understand yourself. What you want to do. Yeah, what yeah. drives you? Do you want that? I mean, some people say, yeah, they want to do this, they want to make a lot of money. Mm. But when it comes down to doing it, they're kind of like, oh, no, I don't. I just want to have yeah. a job and someone pay me and I, I just want to work nine to five. Because I'm sure you know this, but, you know, running your own business, particularly when you've got different businesses and you've got lots of different things going on, it's not a nine to five. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's 24-7. Yeah, it's 24-7. <laughs> it's kind of a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. But what you can do is fit in the things you want to do around it. That's right. You can yeah. make your time work for you. Yeah, so for entrepreneurs, we don't really work for money. We work for the time and freedom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what financial freedom is, isn't it? Correct. It's freedom to have, to know that you've got enough money coming in so you can do the things that you want to do. But I think a lot of us who are entrepreneurs, we actually love what we do. So we don't, when we think about retirement, I think about kind of a hybrid retirement, which is I will have more more time to do the things I want to do. Yeah. But there'll always be things I'm doing on the side. I mean, I'm always looking at little things I want to do. Oh, I might do that. Yeah. But going back to finding out what you actually love, um, I agree with you. I've got many friends that are employed yeah. and they make 
hell of money by being employed because they love what they're doing you know for example if you um watch formula one teams they are actually employed people but they make millions and millions yeah. on on employment so it's not just entrepreneurs you yeah. can actually make quite a lot of money being employed it's finding out what what you actually love doing yeah and and as i said not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. no one wants not everyone wants that responsibility of running a business and the yeah. overwhelm and the challenges that come with it they just want to go and do their job, have a great time. Yes. And that's fine too. Correct. And um, what would you tell people to avoid in terms of investment? Have you made any mistakes? Yes. I think I made some mistakes earlier on when I chased things that I thought were going to be quick wins. Right. <laughs> and I believe that investing is for the long term. Yes. And I even see, I see a lot of people now like, oh, I've got to get into crypto because it's going up. I've got to get in. You know, this FOMO thing sets in. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I've invested in crypto. I invested in 2017. I invested last year, admittedly, because I thought we're about to go into a bull run, but my investment is long-term. Mm. You know, I, I do have a strategy. Yes, I will take potentially take some of it out if I want to buy another property or something like that or use it for something, but my investment is long-term. So I'm always looking in the long-term. So yes you could get lucky you could invest in something that does really well i mean lots of lots of companies i mean have done well over time over the last few years i think of tesla tesla stock prices have increased phenomenally i think they've dropped back a bit um recently but still huge prices so a lot of people have made a lot of money but don't try and go for this quick win this get rich quick thing Correct. Yeah, I mean the Tesla, their stock went down. That's because they've split share. Yeah, their that's stock. Why it is, yeah. So that was quite smart what they did. Um, if Amazon did that, I don't think they would be as profitable as Tesla. But you know, it's 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 like you said, mindset, knowing your yeah. company well. I, I personally don't have Tesla stocks. Um, I I thought they were overvalued, but then they kept coming up, <laughs> keep going up and up. So <laughs> they do. I got that wrong, but yeah. Yeah, I uh, me personally. Um, Stock market, metals, and yeah. mining companies. That's what. Yeah, I've got some mining companies as yeah, well. That's what. So for invest me. in some of the the miners as well. Good, because when we have a bull run, that's where we make money. Yeah, exactly. The mining, and yeah, in terms of precious metals, the mining companies will go up a lot more than the um, precious metals itself. Yeah. That's what's happened historically, and history tends to repeat, not always, but yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, and also it's a safe haven, isn't it? When, yeah. when the property market goes down or stock market crashes, then everyone runs to the precious metals, including the mining stock. And that's the other thing, and you know, what would you tell people or what are some challenges about investing is people sometimes have the idea that your investments are just going to go up and up and up all the time. And, you know, we have stock market crashes and then don't think that, oh my goodness, you know, everything's too bad. If if you look at charts and look at them historically, there's been lots of, you know, dips of 30%, which is quite a big dip. Mm. But then, you know, the overall trajectory is still up. Correct. I think most people, what they do is when they see a crash, they're trying to get the money out. It's, yeah. it's the best way is to wait, wait yeah. for the stock to go. But then and, again. And that's the whole thing about investing as well, actually, is you need to be investing with money that you don't need. That's right. Yeah. Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're forced to pull it out. You should be thinking about the long term. Correct. Correct. So in terms of your lifestyle, yeah. What's your lifestyle right now? I mean, we've established that you're a very wealthy woman. <laughs> uh, you help others to become even more wealthy. 
what is the sort of what lifestyle you have right now? Well, my lifestyle right now is a bit of a funny one because of COVID. So I'm not doing much. You know, <laughs> kind of stuck in London. And I think, as I said to you when we were chatting earlier, I was meant to be in New Zealand actually mm. over the winter that we've just got through. But because of COVID, it mm. didn't happen. But I have booked to go in December this year until April next year. So to avoid the winter. And funny enough, I'm thinking about changing my lifestyle a bit because I've been based in London um, for the, most of my time and then New Zealand mm -hmm. the rest of the time. And part of the reason I love living in London, there's so much going on, there's theatre, you know, go to the theatre yeah. a lot, go out a lot. But I live in an apartment, admittedly with a balcony, and I think, you know, in a, an expensive air, part of London, yeah. And when you think about, you know, what I could get with the same amount of money elsewhere, I've started to think, hmm, maybe, maybe I'll move. Maybe I'll yeah. make my, my European base somewhere different for lifestyle reasons. And because I haven't gone out to the theatre, I, I haven't gone out to yeah. restaurants. So I think COVID has made me question some things. So I am starting to think about how my lifestyle might be different going yeah. forward. Because I've tried, you know, and... I want to live in some different countries, even if it's only for three months. Yes. So I want to start doing those things and not need to be based in, in one place. So yeah, I'm looking at some making some lifestyle changes. Oh, for the price of your apartment here, you probably get um, eight bedroom mansion, swimming pool, garden, <laughs> a cook, everything in the north of UK. So, you know, it's definitely something to consider. It's definitely expensive to live in London. That's definitely. Sure. But everything, like restaurants are more expensive. Yeah. Every, because the restaurants have to pay high rent, mm. so they charge, you know, the cost Premium you price, more, yeah. 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 Have you got any routine? I used to have a morning routine. Okay. <laughs> and it's kind of slipped by the wayside. It was good when I had it, and I'm, but I do think it's good to have a routine. And I think, again, because of COVID, and now I'm at home all day, Yeah. everything... I'm kind of here, so I think, oh, I don't have to, you know, I'm not rushing out to a meeting yeah. or meeting someone face-to-face. -face. So I'm trying to get back into a routine. But when I did have one, it was get up, journal, kind of gratitude type thing, journaling, um, meditation, although I'm not that good at meditation. So I usually do uh, a guided one that I listen to one, and then maybe yoga, mm -hmm. and then work. Great. That's my ideal routine. But what tends to happen now, unfortunately, is I get up and look at my emails or yeah. messages that have happened overnight, which isn't, isn't a great thing because then you're suddenly on it and you don't get time to kind of, I don't know, just sit and be with yourself yeah. and decide what you're going to do for that day. Yeah. Okay. And what do you do in, about your mindset at the moment? I think about my mindset a lot because what mindset is something that I talk about a lot. So I talk about money mindset in particular because I, the thing with money in managing your finances, the best financial strategies will only take you so far. You also need to have a strong money mindset because it's emotional with the practical and I think that's relevant to the rest of life. So I try, you know, I, I use affirmations Yep. and I think that's a good way to deal with your um mindset and just try and chip away at it all the time that's what they say isn't it they say in order to become a multi-millionaire you have to think like one so yeah. reprogramming is something yeah it's very big 
No, it's definitely, I definitely think we need to reprogram ourselves, yeah. Yeah. And uh, do, you believe, do you believe in training, education? Are you still Are you still practicing any training? Yes, yes. I'm part of a mastermind. I go to courses. I mean, there's always something new you can mm -hmm. learn. Um, always. So, yeah, I definitely believe education. I believe in lifelong education. Yeah. I always want to be learning. I mean, I love learning. And it's mm. something I think I'll always do. And that's also something they say about millionaires as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. ongoing learning. I think even Warren Buffett says that he reads for a certain amount of time each day. I think day. it's six hours a day. Was it that much? Yeah. I can't remember what it was, yeah. I believe so. I might be wrong. <laughs> but I believe it's about four or six hours a day. Yeah. And, mm. yeah. Yeah. And um, obviously you're mentoring quite a lot of women. Yeah. What do you think about mentoring as being a mentor? Well, I, I call myself a wealth coach. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's important because I think a lot of people want, need someone to hold their hand. Yep. Like they know that they want to create wealth. They know what they have to do, but it's almost like they get paralyzed with fear and they want to talk it over with somebody to make sure that what they're doing is right yeah and to have someone kind of support them in that so what i usually do is start off with where are you now and where you want to be and look at a plan to get there and mm. what your options are because yeah. there's a lot of different ways as you know to create wealth correct and it's with, better to see from site yeah. site, uh, site uh, instead of in the live isn't it because sometimes someone in life they cannot see the mistake yeah. they're making so absolutely so now Okay, you are a wealth coach, but also multimillionaire. So why are you coaching people when you don't have to do that? Yeah, you're right. I don't have to do it. I have, and well, I'm, I'm still building wealth. I mean, I th yeah, it depends on how much money you think you need to live your life as well. And I still think I need more. <laughs> Maybe that's greedy, but yeah, I could I could live a good life and not have to work again. Yeah, and that's quite possible. And but I also like what I'm doing. Right. I want to empower women. I want to financially empower women. Yeah. I think it's really important. And I see lots of women out there who need help, who need support. And one of the things about women, which I think is slightly different to men, more women seem to be focused on saving. So they're all about saving, like having money in their bank account, yeah. but have a bit of fear to invest it. And you know, there's a lot of talk about the gender pay gap, but there's also a gender wealth gap. And yes. there's 48 million US dollar millionaires in the world and only 10% of those are women. And I want to see more wealth in the hands of women. That's great. And I, you know, this, the whole thing about, you know, having wealth is people think you live this life where you're out spending all the time. And most people live quite humble lives. Yes. And people probably wouldn't even think if they saw you on the street, wouldn't think you, you know, yes. had money put aside. And sometimes, you know, I, I say to people, Oh, I've got some money invested in that, and people look really surprised. Like, oh, <laughs> mm. but I think most wealthy people are humble. Yeah, I think so. Well, at least the ones I'm, I'm hanging around with, they they don't like to show off, you know. Not not very flashy. No, like I don't I don't have a flash car. I mean, the car I have is a Honda Civic. I bought it brand new nine years ago. I've still got it. I've had you know. I live in London. I haven't done that many miles on it, so I don't see the point in getting a new car yeah. I hardly even drive it because you know I've had the AA out three times to charge my battery during lockdown because you know <laughs> you know I'm not going anywhere Embar embarrassingly I had to call the AA but it's things like that you know often we're quite humble but also my money's tied up yeah 
Yeah, and uh, th exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Um, so would you agree saying that people like yourself, wealthy people, uh, buy what they need, not what they want? Yeah, more. more and yeah. yeah. Okay. I do buy some things I want, but... Sometimes do you have that feeling like, ah, let me splash some cash? Yeah, sometimes. But it's not like very flashy yeah. or... I mean, I'm trying to think what I've bought in the past year. I mean, I think... I normally spend quite a bit of money on travel. I like to go on holiday. So I'm happy to spend money on travel. Do I spend lots of money on clothes? No. Mm. Do I spend lots of money on eating out? I eat out a little bit, but it's not like Michelin star restaurants all yeah. the time. For me, going to Michelin star restaurant is still a treat. Yeah. I might go to, you know, over lockdown, we've had Deliveroo deliver food probably once a week. Yes. Rest of the time, I'm going to my local M&S to shop. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we love Michelin style restaurants we don't go to them very often we still our favorite restaurant is, is uh, nando's <laughs> we'll go to nando's and eat we just love it yeah you know? so well, i like there's a not really nice vietnamese restaurant up the road I yeah, go to that, that, and it's yeah not expensive so what book inspired you throughout the lives well actually one of the first books that inspired me and i can't remember when it came out was rich dad poor dad mm -hmm. but i think it came out like late 90s around yep. about the time that I bought my first investment property I think and that really inspired me um it was just the way he was talking about you know how you could build wealth through owning property mm -hmm. and about the whole thing about how you needed to manage your money and that it was completely possible for anyone yes. to do it so that that book really inspired me and then the other book that really inspired me is Think and Grow Rich yeah by Napoleon Hill mm-hmm Brilliant book, and again, that was written a long time ago, and it's still so relevant today. I read it um, again last year, actually. Yeah. Really, really relevant. And that was the second time I read it, and I actually got different things out of it this time than the first time I read it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, I could probably read that again in a, in a few years. Yeah. It's usually because whatever you've learned is relevant now, you, so you're picking up Yeah, the other you pick things up new with, things, yeah. yeah. But Rich Dad, Poor Dad has probably had the most impact on me. Right. Most people that I interview for this podcast mention those two books most. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the other one that always come up, which actually resonated with me quite a lot, was The Richest Man... Uh, oh, that's another good, Rich Man in Babylon. Yeah. Another good one, yeah. yeah. And they're all, well, particularly... Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a bit later, but the other two are both, you know, been around right. for a long time. That's right, yeah. And yeah. it's it's and what it is is that the same concepts are still important. Yes. It's that's the way you create and build wealth. It's the same. Yes. It's just in a different world. It's yeah. like the whole thing about crypto. Crypto is just a new asset class. Yeah. Well, also you know, um, thing and grow rich. It took him 25 years to write this book. Yeah, no, it's incredible, isn't it's it? Incredible. It's a fantastic book. Yeah. I love yeah. the way he tells the, the stories and stuff and it, are brilliant. Yeah. And also, I've, uh, I, I, will look, I look at the history of the book. I'm, I can't remember now exactly, but he couldn't find the title for that book. And his publisher said, look, if you're not going to find the title, we're going to call it the macaroni in a plate or some, something yeah. to that effect. This is actually a true story. So he actually asked his subconscious mind to give him a title. And he, when he woke up the next day, he, he got oh, that title. Oh, I love title. that story. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I actually found out this like a month ago, which I, I didn't know. But, yeah, uh, I didn't know that. I was speaking to I someone. It's not in the book, is it? No, it's not. Or, no. or if it is, I missed it. Because so yeah, I just reread really it. I spoke with someone and he said, do you know the history of it? I said, no. And then he told me and I looked at it and, it, that's, and I was like, wow. I even loved, loved this book even more. Yeah. Um, so traditional education and 
the education that we usually go through. What do you think is the difference? Do you still believe in educational, uh, the traditional education, or would you prefer the self-education? I prefer self-education now, and I'm someone who went to university, I did a degree, and I did a master's degree. But that was quite a long time ago, and I think for young people now mm. who are coming out, and the fact that they earn, end up with large student loans and debts that they've got to pay back yeah. over a long period of time, I just don't think it's worth it. And if I, you know, I recommend, my recommendation would be to start a business, become yes. an entrepreneur, because often it's at that age when you don't, you can often still live at home, you can start a business, you don't need that money coming in. When when you get older and try and start a business, you've you've got to pay your mortgage, you've got to pay your bills, you've got to support yourself. Yeah. And actually the best time to start a business is when you're really young. So yes. I'd say just be an entrepreneur and do this type of you know education you know courses that are relevant to what you want to yes. do yes. and i don't think a traditional university education is so important anymore unless it's um relevant like medicine or engineering or yeah. something like that solicitors lawyers yeah yeah agree agree in, in fact most of the information now is for free so exactly. you don't really need college or you university go, yeah, you can go to youtube yeah and I mean, it was great fun when I went to university and, you know, I was young, it was fun. But in my day, well, when I first went, because I then went back when I was a bit older, there were no, I didn't pay any student fees. So I'm one of the ones that got through the first time without yeah. fees and without, and we had grants. Mm. It's a different reality. Whereas nowadays, you've got to pay fees, you don't get a grant, and then you've got to borrow money to live. It's just not worth it. Yeah. It's not a good investment in my mind. Great. And um, throughout your years of investing and, and earning quite a lot of money, did you do any partnership, JVs, uh, or do you believe in that type of... Um... Oh, yeah. I, 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 some, I own some properties in a company with someone else. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And otherwise, otherwise no, not yeah. really. Yeah. Overall, what do you think of Forex, Bitcoin and stock market? Overall, I think they're great to invest in. As long as you di diversify. Yeah, as long as you diversify. Yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, be diversified across asset classes, across geographies, you know, be as broad as you can. And, and learn, find out what you're investing yep. in. I mean, I think it's interesting because I did a, um, a poll on LinkedIn mm -hmm. the other day where I asked people, Hypothetically, of course, if I was to give you $100,000 or pounds, what would you invest it in? I, and because it's a LinkedIn poll, I could only give them four options. I gave them property, equity, so equity, so stocks and shares, property, precious metals, mm -hmm. and crypto. And property came out around 60%. Wow. And precious metals was the lowest. Lowest, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think crypto was second. I think when property, crypto was around, almost around 20. And the, I got a lot of comments and people's views were that, or it might go up a lot with crypto, just because I think in the last year, crypto has gone up a lot. But yeah. if it had been like maybe two years ago when it was going down, they might not have felt yeah. the same. And do you think because um, people think precious metals is not under, it's undervalued, not appreciated, yeah, it's boring? Because it is really boring. Well, I don't, yeah. Well, I don't know. I quite like them, but... Um, I don't know. I just don't think people know enough about precious yeah. metals. I think there might be an, a real education need there. Yeah. I think property like bricks and mortar, people see it. People yes. 
people see that these properties have been increasing in value over time and then they see everyone knows someone who's a property investor that's got even if it's just your neighbor who's got one buy to let property as well they've got two houses you know mm-hmm. i remember when i used to tell people like many years ago that i had property and everyone thought in those days i was really rich but you know that was when i was starting out and i had quite high mortgages on them yeah. and the value hadn't gone up so much so people just see property as being you know a good way to build wealth still yeah yeah true I think there's uh, people just don't know enough about precious metal. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. I don't think they understand that it's a safe haven, you know, in difficult economic times. Don't really, they just don't understand how precious metals work. Great. Let's change a bit. Okay. Bit more about VIX. Okay. Um, tell us something that people don't know about. Oh, something that people don't, don't know about me. Well, okay. One thing people don't know about me is that I used to be a politician. Oh, wow. So I was a, a local authority councillor for a London borough. Wow. So I elected, I was elected, I stood in an election. It was actually a by-election, so not the main elections. And I stood and I won a marginal seat that was actually not for the party I was with. So yeah, I was a politician for, but then I moved. I was living in London and then um when it came, when the next elections came around, I didn't really stand because I had, had already moved to Brighton by that time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give it up when I moved to Brighton because I think they only had like nine months to go. So I'd commute from Brighton back to London and attend the council meetings. Nice. So that's one thing people don't know about me. Well, I didn't know. And yeah. I did some research. Um, top tips for success? Top tips for success. I think be open-minded. Yep. That's, that's one of my key ones. And do your research. I think it's really important. Like don't go into something blindly. If you want to do something, whether it's you know entrepreneurial or anything in life, mm-hmm. educate yourself about it first so that you're kind of not going in blind that you know what you're doing. That's two of my top tips. Great. Uh, is there a legacy you would like to leave? Yes. What is the legacy? Well, I don't have children, so it's not. I'm not someone who's like, leaving a legacy to my children but I feel that one of the things I want to do is I want to start some or get actively involved in a charity nice and that's you know when you asked me before about you know you could retire now and yeah I could and I could live an okay life mm-hmm. but you know I always think there's more and part of that is I'd like to do something kind of charitable and I'm not quite sure I've got a few ideas what it might be what the era might be but that's yeah part of my legacy that would be brilliant that does know when you set it up Pardon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I also think that's one of the things about building wealth, isn't it? Is that you can actually be really generous and you can do good things in the world with your money because yeah. I'm not living a luxurious life Yeah. and I don't have huge amount, huge amounts of wealth, but there's no reason why I can't build more wealth and do good in the world. And that's my plan. I always say the more money you have, the more people you can help. Exactly. I like that. And then that's the whole thing. You know, I say something similar because some of the mindset things that we think about is rich people are greedy. And I think actually rich people can do good in the world. Yeah. And you, why do you need so much money? Well, I'm going to do good in the world. Yeah, I think there's this per- persona of rich abad. Yeah. Entrepreneurs abad, millionaires abad, billionaires. But then how many people do they employ and actually exactly. keep people alive, you know, yeah. for paying taxes for them? It's, it's a huge amount. So I think that we, we, we need to change that mindset of, you know, poor middle class and rich we should all work together because it's it's win in one unity absolutely okay, okay so what are your goals aspirations 
um, for future? Do you have any goals and aspirations? Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned a few of them. So one is to live in lots of different countries and to do more, you know, do summer to summer. My second one, which I just mentioned, was to do something, either join or work with an established charity or set something up myself. Mm. I'm not 100% sure what that will be yet, but that's something I really want to do yeah. as well. There are two that I've already mentioned. Great. I have um, a long list, but <laughs> we could be here forever. <laughs> uh, your lifestyle in 10 years? My lifestyle in 10 years, I will have two main homes, mm-hmm. one in the Northern Hemisphere, not sure, 100% sure where that will be yet, but I have been looking at houses in Greece online, funnily enough, and one in New Zealand. I, at least one of those will have a swimming pool. I definitely want to have a swimming pool, so mm-hmm. that's definitely on my vision board. It's not something, well, I live in an apartment in London and here in Chiswick, and I don't have a swimming pool. But, and no. even if I lived in the UK, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd swim in a pool here in the UK, but who knows? It'd have to be really nice and heated. But I want to be somewhere hot with a swimming pool. Yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. And yeah, in 10 years' time, being able to commute between the different places. And I'll, be still, I'll still be doing things and hopefully working on this charitable project. Yeah. I think traveling is in your blood. You're a Kiwi. Yeah, I'm a Kiwi. Every Kiwi I know, <laughs> they travel around the world. I know. And I'm, do you know what? I've listed all the countries I've been to, and I think I've been to 70-something, which is a lot compared to most people. But when I look at all the countries I mm. haven't been to, it's like, oh, I better get moving. <laughs> I better get moving. There's a lot more countries to go to. Out of the 70 you've been, what is the most memorable one? I think I really like, one of my favourites was Vietnam. Really? Yeah, I love, and Bali, which is Indonesia, but it's the only place in Indonesia I've mm-hmm. been to is Bali. But Vietnam was just, I loved it. And any bad experiences travelling? Or something that you wanted to avoid? Um, I mean, I've been hassled when I've been travelling, but nothing really bad. Yeah. Not really. Oh, I fractured my foot once and had to come back early. I mean, a couple of little things like that, but nothing, nothing, nothing really major. bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Um, we're going to do a quick fire round. Oh, dear gosh. I hope I can answer quickly. <laughs> you don't have to answer quickly. Uh, I don't have any questions. I'm just going to make them up just okay. to make a, um, fun. So, New Zealand or UK? New Zealand. Um, wine or other spirits? Neither. I'm, I'm 10 months sober. Wow. <laughs> so so that, that we should have mentioned that earlier. I should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I'm 10 months sober. Do you smoke? No. No, so you're living a healthy life now. Well, I'm trying to. Do you do any sports? I swim a bit, but I obviously haven't done that very much lately. Yeah. And try and do a bit of yoga. Okay, great. Uh, the next investment? Uh, commodities, chromium. Brilliant. Um, coffee or tea? Neither. <laughs> I don't drink coffee or tea, and that's I've never sta- I never started for those. Okay. Alcohol I gave up ten months ago. Coffee and tea I've never started. So you're settling for water now, or just juice? Water or juice? Juice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what sort of food preferable food you like? I like Asian food. Okay. Thai, Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. And day to day food. Day to day food. I tend to I eat eggs. A lot for breakfast <laughs> so pretty probably english new zealand um salads tofu yeah yeah things like that great have you got any questions for us um let me think of, i didn't think of a question to ask you but let me think of one let me think of a good question no for you. problem so um we mentioned your companies yes 
how people can reach reach out to you and how can they find you? I know you have a social media group as well. Yeah, so on social media, I'm on, um, I have a Facebook page called Money Badassery and I have a Facebook group called The Money Badass Community. Mm-hmm. And my Facebook group is a free group and it's for women because I focus on women. Mm-hmm. But my Facebook page is not just for women. Um, so people can contact me there. I'm on LinkedIn, again, Money Badassery or as Vix Munro. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and my website is www.moneybadassery.com. Okay. And if they wanted to do more business uh, with you, is that direct contact? Yeah, on my website, they can come get direct contact with me. Great. Or they can uh, email us at info at investingandingliving.com and we will obviously link you to the listeners. Vix, you've been a great guest. Thank Thank you very much. Um, I love the interview. That was great. Thank you. Love doing it. No problem. And again, if anyone wants to reach out to you, you have a social media or they can come to our email and we'll link them to you. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed the podcast, remember to like and subscribe on your platform of choice.